Elizabeth Evans and I'm a homeschooling mom of four young kids. I'm figuring this out as I go, but I'm here to talk to Bonnie, who has been writing and speaking on the subject for over a decade and has been homeschooling for three decades. My name's Bonnie Landry. I've got seven kids. They're ages 13 to 33. I've been homeschooling for 29 years. I'm a wife, a mom, a grandma, um, I'm a speaker and a writer, and I'm an advocate of joy. So uh, we're here to provide this podcast so that homeschooling can look like you imagined it to be. Hello. Hi, good evening. Good How evening. Good, good. Good. Just good. ready to talk about husbands today, right? Yes, I think that probably piqued some interest. Um, so I had a couple of people say I'm really looking forward to next week's podcast. So I thought, oh, okay, that's good. It's good to mention what we might be talking about. Right, <laughs> I don't know. Right. No, but <laughs> this I time. know. Hopefully it won't disappoint. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So I know you have some questions uh, directly about husbands. So let's just roll with those. Yeah. Well, let's start with just what if you know, one wants to homeschool, but specifically the husband does not or is against it. Do you have any encouragement or advice for those who wish to homeschool but don't have support from their spouse? Right. Um, I was thinking about this particular question because I thought, you know, um, I think that we, you know, need to be working towards being on the same page, right? Um, And we can't arguing about it is isn't really going to help anybody right um and so i was thinking like like any big decision you make it's a big decision to homeschool right it's a it's you know a life decision right mm-hmm. you know unless you're just doing it sort of temporarily like uh, during covid if you you know plan on putting your kids back in school or if you're doing it for a year because you're traveling or something like that so you know but in general it's kind of a lifestyle choice right sure. and so i think that we would be well, like all life choices we're making with our spouse, is to be very conscientious of listening to the spouse, right? Mm -hmm. And making them aware that we really want to know um, what their concerns are, right? And and not from a place of, okay, I'm building your defense, okay? But from truly a place of, uh, you know, how can we come to some sort of common agreement about about this and it might not be your way you know and i would say there's there's a situation that i've bumped up against several times too where the husband would like the wife to homeschool but she doesn't feel up to the task right and and that's that's legitimate okay so um so i think that what's really important in this question is okay if you had some other big life decision to make like, do we buy a house in the country or do we, buy, do we buy a house in the city? Okay, those are big lifestyle decisions. What would we do about that? And I think that one of the things you would do is, first of all, if you want it to be dealt with, you know, tenderly and respectfully, that you would find out what the person's concerns are. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's the number one thing. Now, not all men, not all women either, but men, you know, often don't articulate what their concerns are very well. They just sort of have this sense of being worried about something or being concerned or irritated by something, sure. right? And so, you know, he may not articulate well or she may not articulate well what it is um, that's bugging her or him. And so, you know, coming up with like a list of pros and cons might be um, a really good exercise, 
okay, so what are the, what are the things that you see are the drawbacks to homeschooling? What are the benefits to homeschooling? You know, and both make a list or make a list together. Okay, here's the potential benefits. Here's the potential drawbacks, you know, and, and where do we want to go with that? You know, I think that would be a good place to start. Um, a person could also, I think, um, sort of, are you familiar with the, um, like Ignatian exercises? Um, perhaps. Refresh me. Well, I'm not super familiar with, with Ignatian exercises, but I know that sometimes in decision-making to sort of imagine in your mind for say a period of time, two weeks maybe, that you've made this decision. Okay, mm -hmm. I've made the decision to homeschool and kind of sit with that decision, right? Okay, and sort of imagine that you've made that decision, you and your spouse together, we've made that decision. What does our life look like? Right. It doesn't mean you are homeschooling. It means you're just thinking about life as though you've made that decision. Sure. Do you feel at peace with it? Do you feel concerned about it? Do you, um, you know, what are you, what are you doing about that? How does that sitting with you? And then you spend another week or two having made the other decision. You know, what is, um, what is the problem, right? What are the, how am I feeling about this? Am I feeling good about it? Does it feel like a relief? Um, you know, so I think that we can sort of play those things out in our mind a little bit. Um, and I think it also really depends, like, is the spouse saying, no, you can't homeschool our kids, right? Or they're saying, I'm uncomfortable with the idea of homeschooling, okay? Uh, to say, no, you can't homeschool our kids isn't actually reasonable, right? And so, and I still think there's no point in, in arguing about it, but, um, but it's not reasonable to say, no, you can't do this. It would be the, as the same as, you know, a wife saying, um, you know, no, you can't teach our kids to ride a bike or, or no, you can't, you know, put the kids in hockey or whatever. We generally make those decisions together. And so to say, no, you can't do something is I think, um, you know, falling outside of what's, what the expectations would be of a reasonable relationship, right? Sure. Same as a husband saying to a wife, well, I know you think you can't handle homeschooling, but I want you to do it anyway, right? It's not reasonable. Right. And so, um, you know, I think that maybe we have to take a look at, okay, you know, it's not reasonable to just say no, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I would think probably those situations are less common than just, I'm, I'm really uncomfortable with this. And, and you know, it's, it becomes a bone of contention to be really understanding and really respectful of that. Um, okay, would you be willing, I, I respect that you're not comfortable with this. And so let's not, I'm not gonna push you to make that decision. But how about if we look, after we look at our pros and cons, could we spend some time looking at resources that are available to us? Let's see what's out there before we actually dive in. Um, you know, let's see what, you know, maybe there's some podcasts, maybe there's some bloggers, maybe there's some books written. Would you be willing at least to, to look into some resources? And maybe are you, would you be willing to meet some families, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think any homeschooling family or, or for that matter, kids with a family in, if they're having a successful experience in the Catholic school or in the public school or whatever, that they'd be happy to say, yeah, we'll, we'd love to talk to you, right? Why don't you mm -hmm. come over and we'll talk about the pros and cons right? Because right. every, every decision has pros and cons, right? Right. So those were some thoughts that were kind of rolling around in my brain, um, you know, but a willingness to explore without, without, you know, say it's the wife that wants to and the husband that doesn't, without the wife putting pressure on, I want you to read these to convince you, 
-hmm. but like, let's read these things so we can explore this idea more thoroughly and more accurately. Right. Sure. Sure. I think those might be some helpful things. Yeah. Well, and if it's at all helpful, I had my own reservations. Like when my husband and I first got married, his background is he was homeschooled. My background was I went to Catholic private schools from, you know, I mean, preschool and kindergarten, I went to Montessori and then I was in a, you know, Catholic school all the way through, I mean, college. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I had different experiences, some great, some not so good. And to me, I just always thought, you know, I'd have kids that would go to school. And um, so when my husband expressed um, kind of like a stern, like, no, this is what we're going to do. I was not completely caught off guard, but I was a little you know, like, well, how are we going to socialize them? You know, what do we do? Because I didn't see that, you know, I, I had a couple family members that were homeschooled. Um, and it, I didn't really know that much about it, but every time I'd been around, you know, homeschooling families kind of left a bad taste. Um, and I think in part because the area I grew up in, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, where there's Catholic high schools, grade schools everywhere. Um, right. And so it's just, you don't come across very many homeschooling families. Right. Um, and so I, but all that to say, you kind of have to, I think, weigh the pros and cons. Like you said, talk to families. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of reflected on my own, you know, uh, Catholic schooling and I was very poorly catechized. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was bullied in grade school and you know, like there are all these things that kids will face, you know, like, yeah, exactly. People... And there's, there's uh, challenges with homeschooling too, right? Sure. So how yeah. do you get the laundry done? You know, yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, so, I mean, uh, we have to face those realities. And so, you know, most families, if they've been homeschooling for a while, they're going to be honest with you about here's what's, here's what's hard about it. Here's why we, you know, weigh on, on doing this the way we do it. And, um, you know, and there are, of course, are different ways of homeschooling. And so, you know, where uh, um, a spouse might be uncomfortable with a particular way of homeschooling, they might be more comfortable with another way, right? So, sure. um, you know, I think that those are, those are good things to look at. And, um, good to be aware of, you know, that you're, if you see it as not a, a brick wall that your spouse is putting up against you, uh, but as a, um, you know, a lifestyle decision that you're going to make in the huge gamut of lifestyle decisions you're going to make through your married life. Right. 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 Yeah. Well, and I think, um, I think, was it you or was it Teresa last week or talking about how, you know, no matter your decision, whether you homeschool or send your child to school, you know, if you choose to send your child to school, your teaching them doesn't end there. You still have yeah. to be a part of their education in yeah. one way or another. And so I think, you know, that's something to think about too, you know, whatever decision you Yeah, you're, you don't get off scot-free ever. Right. <laughs> you have right. And I mean, it is the, it's the responsibility of the parent to educate the child. So, you know, in most cases, we contract that out, mm-hmm. right? And, and, you know, that's a decision that you make. But, uh, you know, it's still your responsibility. You know, it's not just like, you know, somebody comes and gets your child when they turn five and, and puts them in school, right? You have to make an intentional decision about it. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's okay. So move on. Yeah. All right. 
Okay, so what is your husband's involvement in homeschooling um, in the normal sense? How do you go about including your husband when he's working outside the home and probably comes home later? Right. Um, okay, so in our case, we were, you know, fairly, had a fairly sort of traditional family job structure. Albert um, works outside the home, except not during COVID. <laughs> right. um, and so he was out, you know, when the kids were young, he was out five days a week and, you know, sort of had a normal hour. He left really early. He actually just works an hour away. So he would leave really early so that he could be back at kind of a nice um, hour. And so dinner time was, was a real important family focus for us. So for him, uh, he would joke around that he is, you know, his contribution is doing a speech when they graduate, right? Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> uh, you know, which he, which he always has done, but um, that certainly his contribution is, is way more uh, than he would um, give credit to himself for. And so, well, I, you know, sort of the bulk of, you know, normal um, sort of schooling stuff that would happen. And, and really the decision-making was primarily mine because he was, Albert, when, when I started homeschooling, Albert was not into it. Um, he wasn't against it, but at the same time, he was sort of like, oh, well, whatever. I don't really see the point, but you know, yeah, if you want to go ahead, you know? Um, so, you know, he doesn't, I mean, this, listening to this podcast has really helped him understand why <laughs> I homeschool. <laughs> um, but Albert's involvement has been really interesting because if, if, for example, say I had to be away for a day or something like that. If I said something like, you know, could you do math with the kids or whatever that generally was received by the kids poorly because they had built the relationship with me on yeah. how to do things. So it's pretty rare that they would ask Albert help with something like that, or they'd feel kind of weird about it. Like, you know, I don't, he doesn't teach the way I teach. Right. Right. Um, and you know, isn't there most of the time during the sort of the school day time. Um, but where Albert really played in big was, was whenever he came home, come home from work, he would always listen to radio on his way home. Right. So he's always very, Albert's very politically aware mm -hmm. and I'm not at all. And, uh, and he's also, you know, he has a business degree, he's a business, local businessman. And, you know, he's, he, you know, he's very aware of, um, economics and how governmental decisions affect our day-to-day -day walk, right? And so how they affect small business, how they affect big business, how they affect interest rates, all that kind of stuff. So he would just talk about that kind of thing very naturally. Economics and politics was something he would just share as part of his day and part of just talking to our kids. And it, I, I never ever thought, okay, my kids really need to learn, you know, civics or economics or anything like that, because he, he covers that so well with them and their understanding of, of those things was really good, you know, yeah. because dad just talked to them about it. Right. But he would also share stories like say an interesting news story, or he would listen to EWTN sometimes, which is a Catholic radio. Um, and he would share stories about, uh, about a saint or about, you know, someone doing good in the world or sort of a biography that he had heard um, or just sort of, you know, uh, secular news stories as well. Something that was really interesting that that happened or, you know, was meaningful in some way. And so his, you know, he was at current events, <laughs> you know, and so there was areas where I felt like I just didn't have to worry about it because he handled that without it being a school subject, but in sure. a really natural, um, lovely way. So he really added much more than he 
thinks he added, okay. right? Um, yeah. And so what about your husband? Is he uh, sort, of, sort of more actively involved? Uh, yeah, he is very willing if I ask. Um, math is not necessarily my strong suit. So if I, you know, if I'm trying to explain something and one of the kids is not understanding it, I go grab, I mean, he's working from home right now too. So yeah. um, if he can step out of his work, he'll come and explain it better. <laughs> um, right. He also has taken on um, like religion. Um, and that is big for me because like I had mentioned before, I was poorly catechized. And so, right. you know, there's a lot, like even um, just reading, we use the, um, is it the Baltimore catechism? Right. Um, and we use that and the format of it is just so strange to me. And um, right. I, it's very simple, but to me, I don't know, it's hard to explain. And so I just asked him if he would do that with the kids. And so that's kind of his responsibility. Um, but yeah, he's very willing to help. <laughs> Although I could relate a little bit when you were talking about how your kids would kind of be like, oh, okay, <laughs> when you'd get yeah. your husband to help. Because the other day we experienced that. Um, we're using uh, a book called Language Lessons. Right. And um, I had like a dentist appointment or something. So I asked my husband if he could just, you know, do this with our oldest and I got back and I said, how did it go? And he goes, well, he got upset at me for the last exercise of the work. And I said, oh, that's because we skipped that. And he goes, well, he didn't tell me that. And it's because that part of the lesson is dictation, but I already do dictation with them. So I right. don't double okay. up because okay. I know that I'd wig out my eight-year-old. So you didn't have all the details. Yeah. I, I mean, I always skip it. So I forgot it was there. That's <laughs> so funny. communication is key. Yeah, no kidding, eh? The other thing too, and I know this is common in many families, but um, you know, my husband would always do nighttime reading with the kids. And that was really important, I think, you know, for a chance for him to connect with them. You know, so usually that grew out of, you know, I'd have a baby that I would need to nurse to sleep or whatever. And, um, you know, he would sit with the olders and, you know, spend some time with them and say prayers with them and read to them. Um, you know, and so they would, you know, start off with storybooks and then of course moved into chapter books. So the, the books that they read with, you know, with dad were always different than what we were reading together as a family family. And uh, a really lovely uh, experience, I think, for kids to be read to by both their parents. I think that's really sure. important. And yeah. um, it helps us be better readers too, right? Right. And it's same at our house, you yeah. know, nursing, newborn, you know, <laughs> my husband ended up with bedtime routine pretty early on. <laughs> mm. So yeah, and I think that's pretty classic in most cases. Um, and of course, you know, everybody's family situation is, is different, right? Um, I knew a family years ago that had the husband worked two weeks on two weeks off in a camp. Mm -hmm. Right. And so he was home for two weeks and uh, out for two weeks. And so when he was home, um, you know, it took a while to sort of figure this out, but when he was home, it was hard to get schoolwork done because the kids just wanted to be with dad. Right. And he wasn't working. So, you know, they just wanted to do their stuff with him. And eventually the family kind of came to this place where, okay, during the two weeks that, dad's away we're going to get more schoolwork done when dad's here that's when we'll do the field trips and the fun stuff and the you know and the hiking and the outdoor stuff and all of that um you know we'll so it will just look different these two weeks looks like this these two weeks look like this and uh and you know that's great i mean that's one of the beauties of homeschooling right or if mm -hmm. we knew another family who the the father was a music teacher so he had you know um 
music teacher's hours. So he was home until about two in the afternoon and then um, gone until about seven or eight in the evening because after school, he would be teaching classes, right? And they had a brilliant way that they dealt with that was they had... um, they had breakfast together mm-hmm. and then lunch was actually their big meal, right? Okay. So they would sit down and have a family meal at lunch and supper was sometimes just sandwiches or something light because dad wasn't there. And so they would tend to do more schoolwork later in the day, okay. um, you know, when dad was, wasn't there anyways. Right. And yeah. so what a lovely way to be able to, um, to accommodate, you know, that particular career. Right. Sure. Yeah. 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 I, um, I, yeah, I always try and encourage my kids spend time with their dad. You know, I I remember, um, you know, I was an only child for nine years. Um, and so it really was just me and my parents for the longest time, but my dad would always, I am. You, okay. Yeah. Yeah. My sister is 20, almost 22. My brother is 16. So, wow. And I'm 31. So (laughs) big age difference. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my dad would do bedtime routine with me every night and I, it was like my favorite part of the day, just spending time with my dad. He'd read books and yeah. 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 And what a lovely, uh, what I I think it's a real gift to kids anyways, to have, you know, that special time with dad. And, you know, that's, I think something we have to bear in mind is that how, whatever our family structure is, um, you know, we can, uh, you know, be flexible to whatever whatever situation we're presented with we I know another family who's the dad is the homeschooler he stays at home um you know the wife works and he stays at home and homeschools the kids right and again that's a lifestyle choice that they made they wanted to homeschool their kids you know um her career offered you know better financial options and you know so that's the decision they ended up with yeah you know yeah and I mean it sounds weird to me I can't imagine you know, Albert staying home with the kids and homeschooling them. Right. I know. <laughs> you know, we have the freedom to do that. We can we can homeschool from, you know, three o'clock till supper time if we want to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, so do we have another husband question? Um, we don't have um another husband question. Um, I did have a thought. Um, you know, and this kind of pertains to homeschooling because the way it, like fluidity is kind of important scheduling and routine and stuff with homeschooling. Um, and so I guess I was just, um, thinking it's not so much a question, but, um, sharing kind of the chores with a spouse. Like I know one thing I really, I don't like cooking dinner. It's just not my thing, which it's just really weird for my personality because I really very much enjoy the homemaking aspects. I love being a stay at home mom. I just cannot, handle dinner every night. Right. And, but my husband tired by then, right? We're tired. Yeah. Tired. Well, and the kids are usually tired and fussy by then. So it's yeah. just not enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, my husband took on that many nights. He'll cook. He loves cooking. He likes, okay. you know, all that. And so I, I guess I'm, it's just more of an advice type thing. Figure out kind of, um, I guess a routine. Shared responsibilities. Oh, yeah, shared yeah. responsibilities. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And um, uh, something I'm just going to circle back for just a moment because it occurred to me to say this and then I forgot um, that when, when our husbands are in question about, you know, homeschooling and they're concerned about it and the idea of meeting families often for, for dads, meeting other dads uh, is a really important, I think our, 
the men in our lives often don't have the kind of friendships that we do. Women are more inclined to seek those out. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and so, you know, men don't have the same opportunity to express their concerns to other men, right. In a lot of cases. And so, um, I think if, if, you know, men can meet other homeschooling dads, that's really, really important. And, and sort of the other part of that is, we have a, a really incredible homeschool community where I live, right? And, and we actually moved to this community because of the homeschool community that was going on. And, um, and I believe that the success behind it is that the dads are completely in, right? They're all in. And, um, and I don't mean they're necessarily homeschooling their kids, but they're all in, in however they can support their kids in putting on sports things and doing, you know, hikes and various other things with the kids, but they're completely committed to their family lives. Yeah. And, um, and it's, so it's not just a bunch of moms and kids meeting up at the park, right? right. Uh, we're all friends and we're friends as families. And that includes all the dads. And I think for many, a skeptic dad, that would really be an important um, part of, of, you know, having them realize that this might be a good choice for their family is sure. simply that they've met other dads who are really committed to it. And, and they're saying, yeah, it's, it's a great thing. You know, my wife maybe gave up her job to do this or whatever, but we just see so many benefits that we can't ignore it. So, sure. yeah. So, yeah. So back to shared responsibilities. I think that that's something, you know, every family has to come to. I'm not super jazzed about cooking, but, but I do cook and I can cook. And, you know, my husband, you know, was getting home at an hour that would have been impractical to to start cooking at and all that sure. so cooking has always been my task uh and not super jazzed about it but albert always did the cleaning and um and still does to this day you know and and so that's such a nice thing for me to know okay i put the effort into the meal and he's going to be the guy um you know either doing the dishes or you know doing up the jobs you know for everybody else to help out and, and whatever yeah. um you know and so that's that's uh that's huge to know that you know it's not not all on your shoulder right shoulders, shoulders. <laughs> uh, yeah and um you know and i mean maybe it's different things for different people too you know maybe they mm-hmm. hate cleaning or they're not very good at it or whatever and maybe they can do laundry or maybe they can take the kids out for a walk while you rest or do what you need to do right and yeah you know um as part of it it's good for communication right uh, right and a mom shouldn't feel like it's all on her you know, the raising of the kids, she shouldn't feel that way. And, you know, and oftentimes what happens is we, we kind of feel pressured, you know, the weight of the world is coming down on us and we we feel weight and weight and weight, and then we just explode. Right. Right. So instead of being able to say, Hey, listen, I'm feeling uh, the weight of of parenting too much. Um, I, and I feel like it's not reasonable what, you know, the load I'm carrying. Mm-hmm. So, you know, can we think about that? Can we come to some sort of better place of, you know, the kids sharing responsibilities and you and I sharing responsibilities or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I had a thought and I lost it. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> Sorry, I went off on a tangent, so I probably. No, that's, no, that's okay. It's great. You're the expert. <laughs> um well that's kind of all that we had at this time about husbands so I thought if it's okay with you we could kind of um transition to a more cooking and cleaning type question we just touched upon it a little bit okay Um, but we received a question um how do you know when to do what and when to stop you know like deciding between schooling or 
chores. Right. Um, for me, that was always pretty clear because I set up our life in such a way that in the morning I would, um, you know, do the schoolwork with the kids. Um, and that meant the one-on-one -on -one work that I did with them, you know, math and dictation, writing and whatever one-on-one -on -one was required. Um, and that's also generally when they would do their own um, work. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I mean, certainly up until high school, they would be done, um, you know, by lunchtime, right? And then we would read together and do more sort of history study and whatnot. And so for me, I just let everything be until uh, the afternoon. And so the afternoon was when I got my work done, right? And, and you know, if the kids had chores to do as well, that's when they did them. And so uh you know if if you're homeschooling your kids and it's taking all day it shouldn't take all day right, right. even if you are more sort of curriculum oriented than i might have been um you are working one on one and and you know it shouldn't take more than uh you know uh you know to early afternoon at latest right and and maybe it, it's some it's important to sort of take a look at that right but the bottom line was that I scheduled, okay, in the afternoon, right after lunch would be when I would get my work done. I always came down, uh, my routine was I'd get up in the morning, get ready for my day, I'd throw a load of laundry in, mm -hmm. right? And then I would do school, school work with the kids. So that was really the only thing I was doing in the morning, right? right. And then I'd have the afternoon to, to do what I needed to do, including, you know, whatever I needed to do for myself, my leisure time or my reading time or whatever. Um, and uh, then I would always get ready the night before for the next day, right? So it was really important to me that I go to bed with the kitchen relatively tidy and breakfast ready to go, mm -hmm. right? And so that was, because we sit down and eat together, that was important to me. That's going to make my day go a lot smoother if, you know, I know what's for breakfast and I know what's, you know, if we're out of anything or whatever. Um, so I think that having a having a, a routine where you know, okay, this is the time of day within this, you know, I mean, maybe you have an hour of housework to do a day or, or whatever in this time frame. If, if you have little kids and you have an hour of housework that you need to do to stay on top of kind of the maintenance of life, um, that hour might take you three hours, right? Because there's going to be a gazillion interruptions, right? So, you know, think okay sometime between say one and four those are when I'm going to get those things done and life is a lot easier when we break them into little chunks right so okay mm -hmm. I got to throw that load of laundry in the dryer um, and then I want to get that folded or have one of the kids folded or whatever and then um, you know I need to get down in my basement do some tidying down there for 20 minutes uh, and then I want to get out in the garden for 20 minutes so those are the things I'm going to do and um, you know uh, catch up on the dishes or whatever so so I think that's important to to actually know what part of your day is going to be spent um, doing things, right? So for me, yeah. it was in the afternoon. And if we had plans for the afternoon or if I had an appointment for the afternoon or something that I would think, okay, well, I have between one and two to get these things done. And maybe I'm going to do an edited version of housework because, you know, today's not going to be the day I wash the floors because I have, um, you know, I have an appointment. Uh, you know, I've also, when the kids were young, and there was more going on in my household. I also would have days of the week that I did certain things. You know, the days that I knew I was going to be home all day, then right. I would take on the extra things like, okay, I'm going to get a couple of the beds changed. And, um, you know, I could do sort of a more um, housework that required more commitment mm -hmm. rather than just maintaining, um, you know, or maybe this is the day I wash the floors or whatever, uh, just because 
you know, being home all day gave me more opportunity. That said, I think that that's a really important part of the question of getting everything done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you have to know how much time you need at home to get everything done. Right. Right. Um, for me, that was a minimum of three days a week at home. If I was out more than two days a week, I would feel all scrambly. Like I wasn't getting school done. I wasn't getting housework done. I wasn't having any time to myself. Um, and so, but that's, you know, sort of something that a person has to discern, right. uh, You know, in their own world. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you've mentioned that before where you kind of try and have schoolwork finished by lunchtime. And, um, I think I've tried to live by that. And so far we've been successful. Um, so I do the dishes and the cleaning, you know, at, at, after lunch, after I get my daughter down for a nap and it's just been really kind of helpful, you know, and, and maybe I'll, you know, rinse a dish here and there in between, like when the kids are running and switching places for one-on-one time with me. Um, one thing I've done is I have a hard time like giving up tasks, you know, to other people, like, right. Delegating. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Delegating. And so recently I've, you know, I've thought, okay, dishes can be replaced. I'm going to let the boys have the responsibility of unloading the dishwasher. Right. And you know, there's still, my oldest can reach some of the shelves, but my six year old, I tell him just stack things neatly on the counter and I'll put them away just so that he, you know, gets used to this as a chore. And they're excellent at it. That's awesome. It's been really helpful not to do that. That's always the first chore I offload. I hate unloading the dishwasher. I don't know why. Like the dishes are clean. You're just putting things away. Right. I don't know why it's a big deal, but it's the job I hate the most. I agree. I'd way rather load it. It's weird, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So I usually offloaded that. One Lent, I took that on. I I thought, okay, I'm going to take on unloading the dishwasher as my little Lenten sacrifice because I shouldn't hate it this much, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we use cast iron skillets and I hate cleaning those because you have to use that little like chain mail thing to scrub it because you're not supposed to use soap and water. You can use water, but not soap. Yeah. So anyway, I hate that. So then they kind of sit on the counter because we don't want them sitting in the sink because then it rusts. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. There's got to be some magical solution. I I won't use cast iron simply because it just bugs me too much. They weigh so much and they're kind of don't fall into the normal cleaning pattern. of Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But my daughter really loves you. She loves her cast iron. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and my iron levels are always good. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Um, And then I thought of something else. I am just not with it tonight. Yeah. Well, (laughs) we all have our (laughs) Yeah. And no bourbon. Right. No bourbon. No bourbon. I was telling Bonnie before we started recording that I've been getting into bourbon drinking, but I can't do it very often because I can't hold it very well. Oh, I love it. So my friends have been getting some fun texts from me this week. A bourbon text. Yeah. This text smells like bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's kind of all I have. Is there anything else you want to say to wrap up? Or No, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Um, and I'm thinking that uh, we don't have anything slated for next week, right? No, I think just more point, questions. We have a few questions in the, yeah. in the uh, batter's box, so we'll, yeah. um, we'll address those next week, but it can be a surprise. Yeah, <laughs> for all of us. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. The one thing I've had um, some people ask definitely about sort of like 
pregnancy, postpartum, um, you know, uh, how to deal with things if you're ill or, or whatever. What do, what do we do then? And so maybe we can address those next week. That might be yeah. a, a nice place to start. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those are in the queue anyway. Topic of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And if I may add, there's a lot of Corona babies. So (laughs) (laughs) now might be a good time to talk about that. (laughs) I know. Yes. (laughs) We can expect this pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, the, The Corona boom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night. Thank you. Bye.